You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi, Phil Swift here for New Flex Super Glue. What's truly amazing is that our Flex Super Glue is so strong that just one drop virtually welds itself to the surface and can lift over three tons. Forget those old super glues, get the one that's new Flex Super Glue. Go to flexsealproducts.com forward slash three ton lift to learn more about how one drop lifted three tons. For demonstration purposes only. Hey everybody, it's Adam, live and in person for you. Hey everybody, it's Adam, wonder who he'll interview. Well, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Adam Rothenberg, and for the past 12 years, I have been conducting celebrity interviews from the world of film, television, theater, and music. I pull back the curtain to reveal what's inside the hearts and souls of your favorite Broadway stars and celebrities. And today, I am so excited to be back in the closet with my friend, John Lloyd Young, Tony and Grammy Award winner for the Tony Award winning Broadway musical, Jersey Boys, where he originated the role of Frankie Ballet. So without further ado, let me welcome back John Lloyd Young. Hi, John. Hey, how are you doing? I'm so great. I'm so excited to talk to you. Look, so, it's like I took, a, it's like I took a, you know, something from your playbook on plaid shirts. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Do you want to know something funny? I actually had a gray shirt on before, a gray plaid shirt. And then I was yeah. just doing some test shot. And I was like, I, it, did not, it did not fare well for me. So I switched to blue. But otherwise, you, you would have been twins. You have a lot. Well, see, this is, I only have two plaid shirts. This is one of two. And you have a very a few, I uh, <laughs> see, behind you there. I may have one or two. I love... I love them. They're all Old Navy, and they are so comfortable. I just love them. This one is so warm. I got I I got it ahead of this trip to New York. I get, I think I'm gonna need it. I hear it's really cold there right now. Yes, it is. It's like 20 degrees today. Well, I'm sitting right now in uh, the room where I have all of my my stuff. I'm not turning this camera around for you to see it because it's embarrassing, <laughs> but like all my stuff laid out, I'm deciding what to pack for my trip to New York next week. And this is coming with me because it's, it's so warm. It looks very comfortable. Yeah. So we are very excited that you are coming to New York next week because you are returning to Feinstein's 54 Below for a week of concerts. It's going to be great. I'm looking forward. I mean, it's been kicked down the road three times because of COVID. This is my first time back playing New York since before quarantine started. So I, two years. Wow. I was actually about to ask time. when the last time you were here. Yeah. Now you actually have two concerts happening next week. So January mm -hmm. 25th uh, through 28th and the 30th, you're doing John Lloyd Young Broadway's Jersey Boys. Yeah. And then on January 29th, you are doing... Um, John Lloyd Young's Broadway, which will also be live streamed. That's the Saturday night performance is going to be right. live streamed. You can go in person. So you have so many opportunities to see John Lloyd next week. You can go in person. You can watch the live stream at home if you are not in New York or not able to get into the city. So um, what made you decide to do two different concerts? You know, one that's going to one concert for the live stream and then the rest of the week, the other show. The other. So the, the week that that kept getting postponed was going to be a John Lloyd Young 
Broadway's Jersey Boy, where, you know, the theme of that show is that I'm singing songs from that period, which I treat as standard. So that, that show was scheduled for a long time. But then because of the pandemic and all and this unprecedented shutdown of Broadway for so long, I thought that if we were going to stream one night of it, which they proposed, that we should do my Broadway set for that night, that one night that streamed because we're then broadcasting from the heart of Broadway out to whoever wants to watch the stream. We're in the Broadway district and I want them to get a Broadway themed show because Broadway's back for better, for worse. I know there's hiccups now in, in every part of life, but uh, you know, that's why. Yes. I'm trying to, it's like, it's like patriotism. <laughs> a sort of a sort of patriotism as a Broadway, you know, guy. Yes. And not only are you in the heart of Broadway, you're singing from Broadway Supper Club. 54 yeah, Below's and, nicknamed right. Broadway Supper Club. It's, or Broadway's living room or something. Yes. Like, they also call it. Yes. And it is it is kind of like especially in the depth of winter because I just remembered since we've been started this with since we started this the last time I played New York was January of 2020. And I played there with Renee Marino from the Jersey Boys movie who played my wife, Mary Delgado. She was my special guest. We sang a few songs together. She sang a song or two. And it was January of 2020. So it was right ahead of, I think it was even the first week of January. So it was right ahead of when the world changed. None of us knew it was going to change so profoundly. Yes, yes. So how great that now you're back two years later. I know everybody is like flooding the comments with how excited they are and how they can't wait to see you. And I saw Tina said she's thrilled that it's going to be live streamed. I'm seeing everyone write hello and all that. So I'm just saying it to like as a general hi back to everybody who's writing hello, John. So hi. I love it. I love it. I love your fans. They are so you have the I, oh, I feel like I say this every time we talk, but you have the most dedicated fans I have ever seen. Well, you know, when uh, several years ago, when I was um, working more on visual art, uh, I had a friend who was a business leader in the display industry. So think about like the Tom Ford of display. Mm -hmm. Her mannequins were in stores and all on every continent. Okay, so her heyday was the 80s and she changed the face of store mannequins, right? Mm -hmm. Now when you go in, you see a form that's not a full mannequin. She introduced form. She was really a smart woman in that regard. Anyway, she, she, from, from business, she said to me, if you want to build interest in what you're doing, you have to involve the people, in her case, mm -hmm. that are your customers, but if you involve people. Mm -hmm. So we're all involved with each other in many different ways over the years, but I'm always thinking of how can, how can I involve my friends and fans more? You know, so I'm always thinking of ideas of how to do that. And this is one yeah. of them, these kind of things. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's why everyone is, uh, comes back because we're a sort of a, we've decided to make it sort of a community. And, and that's also for better or for worse, because sometimes we annoy each other, right? <laughs> but we keep coming back for more. So I think it's, you know, it's more positive than, than negative ever. Yes, I will say, uh, I see on the live streams in the chat, in the chat, chatterbox, I mean, everybody's just so excited to be there. And they all know each other and say hello, hello, hello. And it's really nice to see. I mean, you really have formed a community. And it's fantastic. Well, they've done it. I mean, 
So I'm, I'm sort of there, maybe sometimes conducting, but they're the orchestra and they, you know, they keep coming back to play. So I yes. mean, when I'm saying they, here they all are. Right. You guys right. keep coming back to play and sometimes I'm conducting and sometimes, to be honest, they're the ones holding the marionette strings and I'm just like trying to keep up, you know, <laughs> to please everybody. I love it. I love it. So um, what can you tell us about your, your concert? Um, you know, how, how, how are you switching up the, the playlist? You know, because you've sung so many times, you've done a lot of concerts with songs from the 50s and 60s, you know, um, and, and a lot of, you know, Broadway tunes. So how are you making these concerts different than previous times? Well, so as you know, because we, the first time we ever talked, it was because I had started to do live streams when no one was doing in-person performances mm -hmm. and you helped me promote those. So thanks for that. You're welcome. So those live streams, there were several of them, you know, um, probably during quarantine, I would say that I probably did about 10 separate different set lists at least. Mm -hmm. And so, and many of them were in Las Vegas at the space, mm -hmm. which is uh, where we first got the idea to do it. And that's where we first started until Feinstein's at Vitello's here in LA started doing them. And now this will be my first stream from 54 below Feinstein's at 54 below. I thought because Feinstein's always in New York likes to schedule us in the depth of winter. I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> that's the hardest time to sell a show, but I think they're leveraging the fact that my friends and fans are so devoted that they'll come to New York city in the depth of winter, you know, to see my shows. So because people come to them, I keep getting scheduled in the depth of winter. And I think <laughs> it's gonna just be what it, how it's gonna be. My thought was, let me give an extra incentive to come in the depth of winter. If you're gonna think like, oh, maybe come, you know, uh, maybe I'll come in if he does one in the spring or something. I, I decided, why don't I get tip my hat a little bit to the Las Vegas thing and do a little set list roulette because I have so many set lists now mm -hmm. that I built had to do different shows in order for people to see the next one and have to be, I had to promise something new, right? Yeah. So um, I've chosen my favorites from amongst those sets that I built. And I, I am literally going to allow someone from the audience to choose from a hat. And we'll find out right there that night near the end of whatever show that is, what set will do the next night. So if you're sitting in the audience like on Tuesday, you'll find out which set you're going to hear on Wednesday and someone from your audience will have chosen it. And then the other idea was because it's going to be switching things up and Tommy Farragher and I are going to be on our toes every night. I thought it might make it more fun for someone to come and make a week of it or several days of it and come see several shows in a row because they'll pretty much be guaranteed to get at least two or three different sets. I won't, yeah. If someone pulls the same set from the hat, I'll probably say pull again because, you know, to do the same show two nights in a row. But but also, I guess I'll take their temperature if they want us to do it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to go with the flow on that. But it's going to be the set list roulette or set list slots or whatever, Vegas style. We're all going to win. We're guaranteed to win. So that's the good thing. Yes. Yes. And Amy said, can I keep the hat? And I, I vote for that because Amy has the best hats that I see on Instagram. I think that Amy's idea is good and I'm, and we might be simpatico with that idea. So just stay tuned for that one. Okay. I love that. So I do also want to talk um, 
a little bit about your time in Jersey Boys, because which I know we've talked about before, but I'm going to take it on a different route this time. There's a lot of different ways to approach that. There are. So, I'm um, going to approach it because um, I want to know about uh, like stage mishaps. If you've uh, like, what were some of your biggest stage mishaps? And if you could talk about if you ever forgot any of the lines or uh, if you had like an off night or something. Well, so sometimes what happens when you've done material over and over and over again is that you are so on top of it that it almost comes out of you automatically. And this even happens sometimes. Some of these people who are here with us have seen this happen. Um, in fact, it just happened in Arizona when I was uh, doing a concert uh, a week ago that if I've done a song, so I'm going to apply this to Jersey Boys specifically, but first okay. I'll say, because it just happened recently. If I'm doing a song that I've done thousands of times, it's weird because you can still be totally engaged in the song. It's like an emotional map that plays on you, right? You can still be so engaged in the song, but then you could like maybe recognize someone in the audience or you remember something that you didn't say when you were talking before. So you like, oh, I better say that when I'm done with the song. Mm -hmm. You have an internal, sometimes you can have internal dialogue. Sometimes you can be doing your groceries list in your, you know, my, in the middle of like a Tony winning performance. You know, it, it's just because it gets that natural that sometimes that can happen, right? When that happens, you could go up on lyrics. Well, I was about a year and a half into the original Broadway run of Jersey Boys and I had taken my first real vacation I was away for like seven a whole week you know and I was doing the show multiple times a week eight times a week the first year and I came back and I didn't look at my script again or whatever why would I it was a, a year and a half and there's a, a a point in the show and many of these people have only seen the movie and so it's the same point in the script where Frankie f finally really stands up to Tommy DeVito you know gets in yeah. his face and Tom, and they almost start to fight. Tommy DeVito lunges for him, and the guys have to break them up and everything. So it's a big part, big sort of part of the show in Act Two. And uh, well, you you gotta say something to someone to provoke them to lunge at you, right? Mm -hmm. But I didn't I didn't remember what to say, so I stood up to confront Tommy DeVito, you know, physically confront. But then I didn't have any words to say, and I just stood there dumbstruck. And they could all tell that I was going dry, you know, when you don't know what to say. And he just lunged at me anyway, you know, so there was no reason. You know, I just, all they did was stand up. And then he lunged at me, you know, after a very long and awkward, devastatingly awkward pause. But you know, what's really interesting is that you don't go back and replay it, right? It's not mm -hmm. like a, it's not like a videotape or like a streaming thing where you can go back and replay it. The audience usually just goes with you because you just move on. Mm -hmm. And so nothing was ever really so devastating on stage in Jersey Boys. We had a lot of rehearsal before we even opened. And I also really loved, I was really passionate about the character and about the script. So I was always really engaged with it, that doing your laundry list thing, you know, didn't really happen to me a lot because mm -hmm. it was my favorite part of the day was doing telling the story for a new audience. It's fun to be a hit show because they, you, everyone who's there is really excited to see what, what is this all about? What We've heard this or we've seen clips or whatever, or they're back because they've seen it before. Mm -hmm. So it's always new for you because most of them are always new for you. Right. It's their, first, it's their first time. So if you're a giving kind of performer, 
that's really exciting because you, oh yeah, okay, now you get to be, come into the inner sanctum and, and figure out what all the buzz is about. Yeah. Especially if you're part of the original cast, you know, mm -hmm. so that was an exciting time. I love it. Um, someone's asking if I like the choreography. So I was just going to say, Karen. Yeah. My favorite part of, you know, the first thing that I worked on, because I was an actor doing plays, I've always have been a natural singer, so that part was was there. But I was an actor doing plays that the, my, I wouldn't say my weakest part, is just that the, my, my least exercise muscle was the choreography muscle. So now Tony Award winners, Tony's, uh, uh, Sergio Trujillo, had me at, a month before everyone else started rehearsals sort of to do a choreography boot camp. And part of what he did that I think is really smart, not being a choreographer, so I'm, I'm thinking this is probably a good approach, is that he kind of had me moving around and stuff in the rehearsals to see what moves and what things kind of played naturally on me and looked good on me. Mm. So there's a part in this show where there's a new band member that joins the group in act two and they're in the studio at a mic and then they come dancing downstage as the new guy joins the group mm -hmm. and all of those moves I invented uh -huh. <laughs> my oh, favorite my. part of the show because it was, it came from me. And so those things where they're sort of side like this, like the, the bending their knees and stuff that all came out in the studio working with, with Sergio and we kept it. And it was the most natural stuff on me because it came from me. So that was uh, really rewarding. And I always looked forward to that part of the show because I was moving in my own body doing things that came from me. Yes. And now every actor who has done it since, thanks to John Lloyd Young, does that move. They don't even know. Exactly. They, and they don't need to. There's a lot of things, you know, when you originate a show, the actors who come after you don't understand, but they're just spoon fed because, you know, a lot of stage managers, their job, they maintain the show in a long running show. Their job is to tell the next person what to do. And so sometimes it's like the telephone game, which is going to be ironic in a second. And you'll see how. It's like the telephone game where when it gets to someone down the line, they're like, well, where did that come from? So early on, one of the guys who played Frankie and has since gone on, gotten his own Tony nominations for other shows. And if Jared Spector is his name, he was rehearsing the show and getting ready to play it, I think in San Francisco or something. And the stage management was giving him these directions on when he gets this phone call about his daughter's death. And they tell and they told him, well, then hold your stomach and drop the phone and all these things. And he's like, why do I have to do that? And I said, oh, because uh, no, I'm the actor, you know, he's sometimes that doesn't get communicated I was, so i so he called me and i said to him okay all right let me break it down because they just know what they saw i'll tell you what the actor was thinking and why those things built that way so you get the phone call you're you the you take the phone away from your head like a hot potato because you do, you can't believe what you're hearing you don't want that news to be true you slam it down because you want to deny it and then you hold your stomach because you're gonna throw up you know like these feelings, right? Mm -hmm. So these physical things they were giving him to do that didn't come from an organic place suddenly made sense, you mm. see? So yes. it's, it's sometimes you gotta come up with those things when you're in the original cast, but it can be tough when you replace and they're holding you to something and you're like, and you have no clue where those things came from. It's mm. hard. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll have much more to this great conversation. 
Priceline presents Go to Your Happy Price. What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. You can see yourself already there. It's beautiful. It might be sunny and sandy for some, neon and urban for others, deserts or rainforests or hiking trails. With Priceline, you can get to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else. Like up to 60% off select hotels to Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to Priceline.com and travel to your happy place for a happy price. All right, see ya. I'm off to Miami. No, actually, wow, look at that. No, I'm going to Hawaii now. Ooh, Cancun looks nice. You know what? Belize looks pretty nice this time of year. Or, mmm, Palm Springs. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Febreze is a proud partner of Can't Cancel Pride. However you choose to express yourself, Febreze has the perfect scent to make your home even more fabulous in your own unique way. Have an amazing pride from Febreze. And now we're back. We are here today on Instagram Live talking with Tony and Grammy Award winner John Lloyd Young, who originated the role of Frankie Valli in Broadway's Tony Award winning musical Jersey Boys. And we are talking today because John Lloyd is coming back to New York City next week for a week-long concerts at Feinstein's 54 Below, um, January 25th through the 28th and January 30th, John Lloyd is going to be performing John Lloyd Young's Broadway's Jersey Boys. And then on Saturday, January 29th, John is going to do his second concert called John Lloyd Young's Broadway. And the January 29th concert is going to be both in person at Feinstein's 54 Below in New York City and live streamed. So you'll be able to watch both. Right. And now, it's unlike some of the other live streams we've done this one won't be on demand afterwards so if, if you can't watch at 7 p.m eastern time in real time you'll miss it anywhere in the world you got it's got to be on the dot so you can you're actually going to see us live so it, it sounds like it's going to be a full room of people and you're going to be there with us at the same exact time a fly on the wall and i will look at the camera and, and include you because i know that there's oftentimes may many more of you than there are in front of me in the room um, now, uh, I just want to correct you, Adam. It's John Lloyd Young, Broadway's Jersey Boy, because we already did the Jersey Boy. Mm. So this is just the Jersey Boy is coming back to Broadway this time. You know, who knows? I may join forces with Eric Bergen or someone in this other time, and we can say two Jersey Boys come back to Broadway. But this time, it's just uh, this Jersey Boy, you know. Well, thank you for the correction, because I did add that S. Small. <laughs> Just a small detail. Yes. I don't want people to be disappointed when they get there and they don't see four red jackets. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And, and I'm glad that you clarified that because somebody may come and be like, I thought this was Jersey Boys, but it's boy. Oh, but they'll get the, uh, you know, some of the best songs. I won't leave them hanging. Good. Believe me. Good. I've learned that over the years. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't make sense to resist that part of my legacy. That's right. Now, I do have some fan questions here, um, which I would love to take the last few minutes just to ask some of them because they're really great. So um, Tina asked, which do you think is more difficult, finding your correct life path or the patience to stay on it until fruition? I don't lack patience because I'm like a dog with a you know with like a, a tug toy like I don't let go so I don't lack patience but I think that but but at the same time I say what's difficult to do is to articulate 
It's to articulate the life path because it can take very many forms. Um, you know, for me, it's like, I'm always seeking a feeling. So the right kind of engagement with people, the right feeling of camaraderie. Sometimes um, if I can't find the camaraderie that I'm looking for, then it's just an, in, um, uh, what, are, what do you say? Uh, an internal kind of thing about, mm -hmm. you know, an inner directed. That's what I was looking for, an inner directed activity. So like my artwork or whatever. And there are times when um, that's the right feeling. Mm -hmm. So I'm always seeking that feeling of engagement or as there, they, there's a famous psychologist wrote a book called, um, I think he called it flow. This idea of when your interests align with your abilities perfectly, that feeling of flow. And so I'm, that's my life purpose is to have flow and meaning to people who are, show up to the party or to my, who are interested in my artwork or interested in my concerts or acting, whatever it is at the moment, you know, that I'm also interested in engaging with people, That's awesome. meaning something to them, using them to feed my ego, which a lot of performers do, mm -hmm. but to, but to actually try to find some way to mean something to a lot of people at once. You know, yes. And once in a while, touch down individually when it's possible. Mm -hmm. Well, you definitely mean a lot to a lot of people, I can tell, just from this feed alone. <laughs> it's mutual. I mean, it's, it's mutual, but sometimes it's a little, you know, sometimes, like I said, sometimes I'm the conductor and they're this huge orchestra. Right. You know. Um, right. But actually, I think that's an or, or teacher in a classroom or something. Or storyteller <laughs> and the audience. You know, this, there's a lot, a lot of different metaphors and apt metaphors, I think. Yes. Now, the rest of these questions, uh, they were submitted the last time we did an Instagram Live, and I couldn't get to all the questions that were submitted, so I chose some from them. So uh, Jan asks, do you or have you looked back at shows and said to yourself, wish I could do that one or those over, or that was awesome, it was fun, it felt so right? Uh, and how often do you have those kinds of feelings? I let things go. Um, so there are, there are, I let things go and I take with me uh, early in my career. Uh, I came upon some metaphor that I think is really apt, which is whatever project you do. And this, this goes, I think for any area, uh, whatever project you're engaged to perform in or to be a part of a cast or whatever, or an employee, look at it like that five minute shopping spree they used to advertise on TV when I was a little, little boy a five minute shopping spree you could win at Toys R Us. You had five minutes to put anything in the store into your cart. And I always had a strategy in my mind, right? So I knew I was going to go to Star Wars first and then the science kits and then you know, magic sand or whatever. So I had it in my head. When you'd get to do something that's exciting and that only lasts for a period of time, like a play or whatever, look at it like a shopping spree. Soak in all the things that you can from that experience that, and then then you have them, that experience to, to inform the next one. So w w for better or for worse, w in a concert, if I make a mistake or if I wasn't true to myself or if I pandered, sometimes I care about the audience too much that I pander and my show, and I realize I look back and I'm like, you know what, you should have done, you should have, you know, engaged with it a little more authentically with what you wanted to do. Mm -hmm. You might've been more interesting. Maybe they don't know but I know that, they, that they'll feel it the next time. So sometimes mm -hmm. I revise myself 
And sometimes I think, oh, that went really well. Let me try to seek that feeling again. Mm. And, and let me try to create the alchemy uh, in the next concert or the next show that could create that feeling again. So I see each one as a, a potential, sh you know, shopping spree at Toys R Us. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that analogy. And I would be right there with you with the Star Wars aisle and, uh, and the Magic oh my God. Sands. So I was obsessed. Fun. But see, now as an adult, I have, I'm collecting those Swarovski Star Wars action figures that oh. are it's a real step up. Mm -hmm. And I, I, my favorite possessions on earth now are those because it hits right to that eight-year-old that, that couldn't have loved anything more than, than those characters. Yes. Yes. The next question I have is from Laura. Uh, looking back, do you think there were any silver linings for you personally from the time of COVID? Yeah. I mean, the, I met you, Adam. That's true. Yes. Yeah. That was definitely exciting. That, yeah. I think, uh, I think the silver lining was um, having no other choice but to get back into creating my artwork because mm -hmm. I had gotten so busy with concerts after um, the Jersey Boys movie came out. And also, it, you know, in the first couple of years of that, uh, working for Barack Obama with kids in schools for the arts, you know, um, that I had stopped creating art as much. And so um, getting back into the art studio and creating hundreds of pieces, you know, uh, in that time, was very satisfying and reminded me that I have this other aspect that's always available to me. And then uh, the, the live stream concerts, uh, which I kind of referenced at the beginning of our, t of our conversation today, uh, having to come up with a new reason to do a live stream every four to six weeks, other than the obvious reason that we wanted to get together, I wanted to sing and the audience wanted to hear something, you know, I walk away with these really great set lists. Mm -hmm. You know, I could, I don't have to ever work up a new song again for years <laughs> if I didn't want to, I will. But I mean, because I have an infinite amount of uh, different sets now, you know, when you think about all the ways you can combine uh, 100 or 150 songs, at least I got in my repertoire. So that was really a silver lining coming up with new ideas. Yes. And I saw somebody uh, in the comments here said that the live streams really were so helpful during the pandemic and lockdown and it gave them like a great escape and, 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 you know, a, a lot of life having them. So they definitely, definitely, that was definitely a, a silver lining there. Yeah. Um, and then I just have, I just have three more questions if you have a few minutes. Sure. Okay. Um, Roseanne asked, what is your skincare and exercise regimen? <laughs> well, I'm, my exercise regimen is a combination of spin, strength, and yoga, which is I'm soaked through all my clothes at the end of each <laughs> session, which is really great. And also that's good for a singer, right? Because yes. gets your blood bumping. And my skincare regimen is salicylic acid soap, you know, uh -huh. things like that. And also my diet is like all the antioxidants and everything. My favorite foods are the ones they tell you to eat if you want healthy skin, healthy heart, healthy everything. Oh. I love berries and, you know, I've always loved berries ever since I was a little kid. So I get the best antioxidants you could possibly give yourself. And I, I eat them a lot. And that's probably why I'm so, yeah. you know, why my collagen is... <laughs> 
so strong. Yes. Whatever. Yes. Also, I don't, I don't like the sun that much. Oh, that so helps. I stay too. out of the sun. Yes. That's the, very good. That definitely helps with the skin. I'm very sensitive to like temperature. Uh huh. Oh. So I, just, you know, I don't like to be too hot. I don't like to be too cold. And so I always try to like keep myself in the middle ground. And a lot of times that has me inside where mm. temperature is controlled, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, a different Laura asked, um, these are just some quick rapid fire, uh, Pepsi or Coke? Uh, neither. I don't, I don't like soda. Oh, okay. Favorite breakfast food? Berries. Yes. <laughs> and uh, somebody actually also asked this in the chat, uh, favorite Starbucks drink? Um, I just get a dark roast black. I, they're oh. probably, I probably would like another one better, but I'm always thinking, uh, and I'll speak of antioxidants, black coffee. Um, I, I'm always thinking of the next concert and fitting into something I want to wear. <laughs> and I know, and I'm, I'm very sensitive to that idea of, of that drinking your calories is just not worth it. So I'd rather eat a muffin than to drink a, a, a sweet latte or something. So yes. I try to avoid calories in the liquids that I drink. That is very smart because every time I have my sweet latte, like the new brown sugar from uh, Dunkin' Donuts, I'm like, well, there goes the four pounds I just took off. Yeah, so, so that's, so I'm always trying to, uh, there's a, who was it, uh, one of those, um, um, Charlie's Angels, one of the original ones. I think it was Jacqueline Smith uh -huh. who was talking about being an actress and, or, you know, and, and always thinking about weight. And she's like, you always have to decide, do I eat the cookie? Or, and then Meryl Streep was also said, I always take the stair. I always make a decision to take the stairs, you know? So there's, yeah. you're always like banking with your calories. And so there you go. Yes. And Black I coffee. I will say with the calories. So um, are you a Dolly Parton fan? Yeah. I mean, I guess yeah, yeah. who isn't? But um, so, you know, so she partnered with Jenny's Ice Cream and they have this limited edition strawberry pretzel ice cream, which is completely amazing. So last summer was when they released it. So I bought it. Now she just released it again for limited edition again. I had to make the very difficult decision not to order the ice cream because I was thinking of the whole calorie count because it was very high in calorie. But I will say it was so delicious that it was worth every single calorie that I ate for that. But this time around, I made the decision not to get it. I heard um, a, a couple of years ago, Ivana Trump, Ivanka's mother, uh -huh. said she, she eats uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken like once a year and then doesn't eat for two days afterwards. <laughs> so there's another approach. Yes. Yes. Well, I have the last fan question, and then I know you have to get going. Um, so this is from Angela. So if you were magically given the opportunity to sing a duet with either Elvis Presley or Bing Crosby, who would you choose? I would choose Elvis Presley yes. in a heartbeat. Do you have That's a... Go oh, ahead. I was going to say, do you have a song, a song of his or a song or any song that you would want to duet with him? Probably some ballad, you know. I just think Elvis Presley was uh, um, a, kind of, a kind of more interesting guy from a, a like that feral kind of um, passionate energy. Mm -hmm. And Bing Crosby, from all accounts, was, had a really great voice, but was a bastard. Mm. He, he was a mean person. Mm. And I've been in this business long enough 
to um, prefer now in this case of Elvis versus Bing Crosby. I don't think Elvis was less of a talent, but I would prefer to work for someone who's quote unquote less talented and nicer mm-hmm. than to work for someone who's a, a bastard, you know, yes. to be abused. So, uh, you know, at, when push comes to shove, especially now where everyone has a camera phone, whatever, down the line, if you're not a nice person, people will find out. Mm-hmm. And so the, those stars and everything that we put on pedestals, people are going to find out. So if you pretend to be virtuous, this what's this new buzzword? Virtue signaling? Uh-huh. You better really be. Because uh, there's nothing that this country despises more than a hypocrite. And so yeah. you think you pretend to be nice, you better be. That's right. That video, that video is going to get out of you're treating some clerk somewhere like garbage. And your whole uh, saintly demeanor is going to go down the tubes. So, you know, that's why I don't really worry so much about some of the kind of, let's say, unseemly social media where I kind of went off or used a bad word or whatever in the because at least I'm authentic, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> At least I'm not a liar, you know, so I've got my faults. I'm a human being, but, you know, at least you all have seen those faults for years and years and years. And I don't pretend that to not have any. Exactly. So I feel like I'm, I'm kind of off the hook. I could be a, you know, I could go off any minute. I I could go (laughs) off any minute right now, you know, but and people be like, wow, he's so authentic. But (laughs) Well, that does make a difference. I mean, I'd rather (laughs) interview somebody who's nice, who's more easygoing than have all these, you know, the light has to be exactly at this degree. And at the end of the day, especially with this stuff. Yeah. Like here I am sitting under these lights and this, you know, I don't have a lighting system in front of me, whatever this, it's so casual nowadays, Mm -hmm. selfies and all this stuff that at the end of the day, if you need perfection, then that's just a need for control. And in my tradition, my adopted tradition of Buddhism, there's no such thing as control. There's only such thing as intending. And Mm -hmm. you can intend and you can react and you can control those two things. That's the only thing you can really control. So you put your best foot forward and don't worry so much if there's a mistake or whatever. You know, there's no such thing as um, being canceled if you're Buddhist. In fact, there's a Buddhist uh, saying, I've lost my reputation so now I'm free. I mean, think about it. Then you don't have anything to live up to anymore. Then it's just you on the desert island with a coconut. <laughs> so, you know, naked, like you're free, you know. So, so even exile can be freeing. And, and I've felt those feelings over the years. You know, um, I don't go with the program. It's, uh, you might even know. I mean, it's, you, know, you do a Google search. There's, it, the Internet hasn't been extremely nice to me over the years. Once you start to realize that you're not immune from criticism or from even some kind of humiliations, you then start to be just freer with who you are. And you're like, you know, to hell with them if they don't like me. There's other fish in the sea. Exactly. Exactly. Huh. Very well said. Well, we do have to, I hate to say this, but we do have to wrap up. I thank you for giving me you know, a little extra time than what we had originally planned. Um, everybody watching and listening, please uh, get your tickets to John Lloyd's concerts next week at Feinstein's 54 Below. They are going to be incredible. And don't forget, January 29th is the live stream and you can go in person. And the live stream on January 29th is John Lloyd Young's Broadway. And then the 25th through the 28th and the 30th is John Lloyd Young's Broadway Jersey Boy. Broadway's, Broadway's Jersey Boy. Jersey Boy. 
I'll yes. give them possession. They can have it for a okay. week. Okay, perfect. Right. And you can well, get tickets at johnlloydyoung.com, 54below.com, and my website, callmeadam.com. All right. And thanks, everybody, for joining us. Um, I saw a lot of you saying, wish we could do meet and greets, and someday soon we'll do them again. Until then, we'll do stuff like this. And we got the live stream coming up on the 29th of January. So uh, join us for that, and I'll try to make it as personal as possible. I'll find the cameras. I'll find you. Okay, so join join us. He'll get the dirt and the scoop and the story for he happens to be in the know. Just ask anybody who's had him at all the place for the business of show. Call me Adam.com. Find more episodes of Bearing It All with Call Me Adam everywhere you stream podcasts. For my print and video interviews, visit my website, callmeadam.com. Follow me on social media at callmeadamnyc on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And finally, if you really want to get involved, support my podcast on a deeper level by becoming a member of my Patreon family. Visit patreon.com slash callmeadamnyc. There, you'll get a variety of backstage perks, including advanced notice of interviews, the ability to submit a question to my guests, and everyone's favorite, swag.